Hello listeners, welcome to another episode of Love is Everywhere, the podcast. Uh, the podcast where I give comedians assignments of things that are supposed to boost your happiness, and then we talk about it and we find out how it went. Uh, today's guest is Brandon Ash Mohammed, a fabulous stand-up comedian from here in Toronto. Um, it, this was a great conversation. I was kind of chill today, uh, pretty low energy, and we just had like a fun time talking about uh, mostly uh, terribly embarrassing moments. So <laughs> get ready for me to confess some terrible uh, elementary school um, uh, romantic foibles, let's, let's say. <laughs> I'm, I'm just going to put it out of my mind that I shared any of this on this podcast. Let's just put it that way. Um, if you want to go and support Brandon in general, uh, you can check out his show, The Ethnic Rainbow, uh, which runs at Comedy Bar. The next one is March 28th, 10 p.m. It's a fabulous show. Go check that out. Uh, if you want to support this podcast in general, uh, you can like it. You can subscribe to it. Uh, you can rate it. You can review it. You could like find a slab of wet cement and write Love is Everywhere, the podcast, in said cement. Um, do whatever your heart tells you to do. You know, that's what I, that's all I want for you guys ever. You know, just do what your heart tells you as long as it involves promoting and sharing this podcast. Um, and, <laughs> and in the meantime, uh, please enjoy this conversation with Brandon Ash Mohammed. Brandon Ash Mohammed. Oh my god i'm here i made it you are here i made it uh we start with an honest how are you so how are you for real how am i i'm all right i'm just like all over the place <laughs> that's okay and but yeah i'm all right i'm all right i am i am frustrated right now because my uh ears have my inner my middle ears have filled with fluid oh that sounds delightful i have, I have something called eustachian tube dysfunction okay and basically, it's like the eustachian tube is the organ in your ear that regulates like pressure and also releases like if there's like liquid or whatever in your ear, mm -hmm. it goes through there. But mine are not working. So does it affect your balance? It hasn't yet, but sometimes I'll get like a little like, oh, like I'm going to fall. Mm -hmm. But um, mostly it's just like difficulty hearing. Oh, so, like, yeah. Especially like certain tones or certain like, yeah, like laughter is hard for me to hear. Weird. Oh, that's a terrible. That's a terrible. That's a terrible thing yeah, for a for, comedian. For a comedian. So like, I'll be performing, and I'll be like, I feel like I'm bombing right now. Oh my god, that's but a nightmare. But they're just like, no, you're doing fine. Like, you just can't hear anything. Uh, that sounds like. So it's just like literally me been doing stand up, being like, I feel like this is going horribly. That's like some kind of terrible Twilight Zone yeah. thing for a comedian. It is. It you're is. a comedian, and you can no longer hear laughter. Yeah. Oh my gosh, I'm, I'm so sorry. It's just like ridiculous. Yeah. It's so funny though. But I'm oh my gosh! Yeah, that sounds like. Are you sure you're not cursed or something? Maybe I'm cursed. Maybe I'm. Maybe I got a curse. <laughs> um. So, your assignment. You gave me a couple of options yeah. for the categories. Uh -huh. Two of the ones that you were interested in were uh, accomplishing goals, and then anxiety and overwhelm. Uh huh. So the assignment that I gave you was in the kind of a combination of those two. Yeah. So I told you for the week, anytime that you were feeling like stressed or overwhelmed, uh -huh. to slow down instead of speeding up. Uh -huh. So how did that go? It went all. It went like decent. It went good. Mm -hmm. I liked it. It was still very stressful. Yeah. <laughs> um. What did I do? So, this week was the two-year anniversary of my show, which is like the Ethnic Rainbow, and it's Canada's first and only show that features exclusively queer comedians of color. It's a lot to say, um. But. I was like, I've been so stressed about producing this mm -hmm. show because, I don't know, it's like a big deal to me. Yeah. So originally we were going to be in this like big space at the theater center. And I was like freaking out about that. And then I was just like, you know, I don't I, like whatever happens, happens. And hopefully everything will work out in the best. And then literally the day before they're like, would you like to use the smaller room? And I was just like, thank God god <laughs> thank you yeah, uh -huh. <laughs> yes i would yes <laughs> so how was it it was amazing it was fun it was it was very good um i i headlined it which i've never headlined bef it before i usually host it mm -hmm. and then i had i have this weird effect where i can't hear laughter so it felt like i was doing horribly mm -hmm. and i was just like okay whatever 
And then I felt like really awful about it yeah. after. And I was just like, I hate this. I hate this so much. But then I was just like, okay, like whatever. Whatever. Yeah, you just kind of got a release. Whatever. I, mm-hmm. It's one negative thing out of like a 50 positive thing. Exactly. So, yeah. Also, you probably totally crushed it and just couldn't hear laughter. Who knows? <laughs> you should acknowledge that while it's happening. Uh-huh. Just be like, I have this ear thing right now where I can't hear laughter, so I'm just going to assume that you are all really I'm enjoying I'm going to assume you guys this. are having a blast. <laughs> I can't hear it, but... I will say, I, I've seen you perform many, many times, and I've never seen you do poorly. Thank you. You're welcome. Thank you. I appreciate it. <laughs> so I'll say that. I, I doubt very much that anything actually yeah. didn't go well. I don't know. Sometimes, like, you know Aisha Brown. Aisha mm-hmm. Brown has this thing which she calls comedy dysphoria or comedy dysmorphia, dysmorphia, mm-hmm. dysmorphia. Oh, yeah. Where it's just like you have a good set, but, like, your mind somehow twists it that you had a bad set. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Yeah, I'm very familiar with that yeah. experience. In comedy and just uh, in general. In general. Mm-hmm. So with the slowing down instead of speeding up, how did you interpret that through the week? How did I interpret that during the week? Um, instead of like promoting the show, I would like constantly be like on everything and be like, I'm going to promote, blah, 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 blah. And then I just like stopped doing that. Mm-hmm. I stopped doing that and I was like, I'm going to sleep. Yeah. I'm going to take a nap. Take some rest. I'm going to nap. I'm going to literally nap. Yeah. This is too much. I'm going to nap. Do you find that you're a person who gets easily overwhelmed? Um, Or frequently overwhelmed? I get frequently overwhelmed. Mm-hmm. But yeah. Are you an anxious person generally? I am an anxious person. I'm like a perfectionist. Yeah. And it's like very annoying. It surprises me that you're an anxious person. Yeah. I know, and all people, and all people are always just like, "You seem so like chill," and like, mm-hmm. and I'm like, "No, I'm like <laughs> so crazy, like a Capricorn," and I'm all like, "This has to go amazingly." Yeah, everything I must do must be perfect. I understand that. I yeah. have a lot of that perfectionism stuff too. Uh-huh. Yeah, it's a hard thing to dismantle. It's hard, mm-hmm. and I know, uh, like, um, for me, a lot of the time it looks like I only know how to do things the one way, which is the like full out totally perfect nothing can go wrong way yeah where like i don't know how to do something at 50 percent uh-huh. i can yeah, only do it at I'm 100 like, i feel horrible yeah not doing this at my full i have to give it yeah mm-hmm. but it's exhausting yeah and uh, like perfection isn't achievable <laughs> uh-huh. especially in something like comedy uh-huh. right you can never have anything be totally you can never perfect. have anything what i've also realized is that when you i have to learn how to, I need to learn how to listen to myself more mm-hmm. and be like, okay, if you don't want to do this, you don't have to do this. Yeah. 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 Do you feel like, um, what is it that pushes you to do things that you don't actually want to do? Is um, it? Like, I feel like I'm letting myself down or other people down. Yeah. And I was like, I don't want to let other people down. And That's a big one. But fuck other people. Fuck other people. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I think like uh, a lot of the time, uh, it doesn't matter as much to other people as you think it does. Yeah. The, the things that you think are letting other people down, no one is actually... Nobody cares. About. Nobody cares. Nobody cares. Yeah. <laughs> Can you give an example? Um, so because of the eustachian to whatever, mm-hmm. I didn't want to headline my show. Mm-hmm. And then I still headlined it even though I didn't really want to. Yeah, where you could have... Maybe... And I could have got somebody yeah. else to do it and it would have been equally is fine and it probably would have been better for everyone but you felt like you but had i was to. like i have to do this i have yeah. to do that and then i was just like next time i'm in a situation like this like take the time that you need for yourself yes you don't have to do this it's important yeah and uh, like uh the whatever bad feeling you think you're gonna get out of not doing something like because you feel like you're gonna let people yeah. down you might feel worse having done the thing yeah. <laughs> because it wasn't something you wanted exactly to do in the first that's place. how i felt yeah yeah <laughs> Are you are you nervous before you go on stage? Do you feel anxiety? Sometimes, but very like it used to be so horrible. It used to be like when I first started performing and I had a show, I would have to spend the entire day preparing mm-hmm. for that show. I know that feeling. Uh-huh. And now it's not like that at all. Now I'm just like, okay, fi- I'm I'm here five minutes before. Okay, this yeah. is my set. <laughs> okay, whatever. But sometimes it like comes randomly. Like I'll just be like so anxious for no reason. I get that. We were on a show together like yeah. just a couple weeks ago yeah. where I was feeling... You were feeling so anxious. So anxious. 
I was feeling like overwhelmingly yeah. anxious yeah. for that show. But then you killed it. Thank you. You killed it. Thank you. And then I was like, I was not anxious. And then I like went on stage and then my microphone died and I was just like, <laughs> yeah, that's and right. I was so annoyed. <laughs> that's right. Halfway through your set, yeah. the microphone just yeah. fully stopped just working. Stopped, and I was just like, oh, okay. <laughs> okay. And you still crushed it. <laughs> I, I was just like, I want to project. Yeah, that's right. Oh, man. Yeah, I, I don't know what it was about that show. It was just like a combo of things, I guess. Yeah. I just got so in my head before the show. I was it was just, just like a lot. So we anxious. had to go there two hours early. Mm-hmm. And then we did end up having to be there. Yeah, that's right. We were. We Nobody were, was there. <laughs> we were called to be there two hours before showtime, which uh, like if you do theater and stuff like that, that's pretty standard that's normal, to have a, you need to a run call to time. the tech and stuff like yeah but you, for stand-up no no like you don't need it as long as you're there by the time the show is starting you're fine yeah <laughs> but we had to be there two hours early to do a sound check that we we didn't do but we should have actually do. done because your microphone died we should have done <laughs> we should have done it i love cordless microphones but this always happens there's it's always some sort of drama there's always with a problem cordless microphone. i always accidentally turn them off I've done that too. Yeah, and then I can't tell if it was like if it was me or not. I've done that, or like you'll be performing and they'll just start cutting out, and you'll be mm-hmm. like, "No." Yeah. I was impressed though with how you dealt with that, because I feel like I don't know, doing stand up in the first place is already something that most people yeah. would find like absolutely uh-huh. terrifying and really really scary. Yeah. And then the idea of having your microphone cut out halfway through your uh-huh. set. <laughs> it could be a nightmare it for a lot of people. It could be a nightmare. That w- for me, early on in stand-up, that would have been an absolute nightmare. Uh-huh. Like, do you think that you would have dealt with that as well years ago? I don't think I would have. But I don't know. I've had some like weird disasters happen. What's the weirdest one? What's the weirdest disaster? I'm thinking it's probably like my... Um, huh. I'm trying to think of the weird... Um, I don't know if this wasn't like a weird disaster, but it was like my Tim Sims like set mm-hmm. where I had I did all this crazy shit and I found that I had to go first and I was doing all this crazy shit. So it was like one point Describe crazy shit. Um I had tech. I had some I had some tech. So like <laughs> you had sound cues. So whatever, I did my stand up and then at the end I was just like, God lights. And then the lights changed, it was like a single spotlight. Mm-hmm. And then I sung, uh, like, a very, like, acapella, like, slowed down version of My Neck, My Back. <laughs> and then I rip off, I had tearaway jeans. Oh, my God. To reveal, like, glitter short shorts. <laughs> and <laughs> then I sung, like, an upbeat, like, gospel version of My Neck, My Back. Mm-hmm. And it was just a complete silence because nobody was having any of it. Why? And I don't know. And it was an amazing performance. I, I remember would be absolutely I jumped, floored by that. I jumped and spun in the air into the splits and zero. To nothing? Uh-huh. Oh, my God. Uh-huh. Oh, other re- the other things. There's been multiple times where I've ripped my pants on stage <laughs> from, like, doing craziness and doing stunts. <laughs> just full-on rip my pants. <laughs> and I've just been like, the first time it happened was at Yuck Yucks in like 2012 or 2013 and i didn't know how to deal with it mm-hmm. and the last time was at the ebony tide we did a couple months ago and they just like ripped open and i was like my pants ripped and i was just like showing everybody and i was like Ooh, <laughs> ah. yeah. i i don't think i've ever done anything on stage that could possibly cause my pants to no. rip no is it splits? Is it just you're it was the out splits. there doing the splits stop. all the time? I can do splits in certain pants. You gotta wear I, stretchy I, pants if you're gonna be doing the splits. I did, I did. Doing yeah. the splits on stage. Yeah. I didn't wear them. I was just like, I'm gonna just I'm gonna try. I'm just gonna chance it. <laughs> we'll leave it up to Jesus. <laughs> Jesus protect these pants. He's like, Nope. Nope. Oh my gosh. I think I've only ever ripped my pants once. Uh-huh. I've done it so many times and it's all been from dancing. Mine wasn't from dancing. Mine was um, at work when I used to work at Starbucks years ago. And uh, I was making drinks on on the bar and bent down to get milk out of the fridge or something like that. Yeah. And my pants ripped. But this was in the middle of the morning rush. Um, and I didn't, it, like, it was just, like, such a flurry, like, just a tornado. Like, I don't have time for this. I was working at this, like, very, very busy location. I was so busy I didn't notice that it had happened. 
and then continued to be like making drinks and bending over into this fridge in full view of customers for I don't even know how long um, before realizing that my pants had been ripped for the entire morning. (laughs) I remember at prom, I was also doing some crazy dancing and I ripped my pants. But I just, like, didn't care. Mm-hmm. But it just, like, I was just making the rip worse and worse and worse. And I was just like, oh, well. Oh, well. Are you a person who's easily embarrassed or no? I wasn't embarrassed in that situation. But, because nobody could see. And, yeah. like, it wasn't. But, like, I sometimes do get very easily embarrassed. Like, in general? Sometimes. Mm-hmm. It depends on what it is. What What do you think are the ingredients for something to embarrass you? Um... What are the ingredients? It's like I accidentally say the wrong thing. Like if I accidentally mm-hmm. say the wrong thing, that's like. That's the thing? Like I ask you how. I'll be like, oh, how is blah, 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 blah. And you're like, we're no longer dating anymore. And I'll, I'll be like, I'm uh, so Okay. Okay. So uh, things that involve uh, other people. Yeah. And yeah. having caused them some sort of discomfort. Yeah. That, like the pants ripping doesn't bother me. Mm-hmm. There's been so many times where my fly has been undone. Mm-hmm. During like when I did that set thing, my fly was undone, and then Ben Sosa right came up to me and was just like, "Your like, fly's undone," and I just like did. I was like, "Oh, my fly's undone." <laughs> I just addressed it. I appreciate your "who gives a shit" attitude towards things like that, specifically like, parts You're of your pants being anything. open. <laughs> You're not gonna see anything. Everything's tucked away. Yeah, I'm trying to think what the ingredients are for me to be embarrassed. I do. I frequently do highly embarrassing things so often uh-huh. that. Uh, they're just like i would consider myself somebody who's easily embarrassed but then like this <laughs> this past week i did so many things uh-huh. that would be objectively very embarrassing but that uh it they were just so frequent that there was yeah. no time to be embarrassed i have an i think i have another thing that makes me embarrassed what is it like accidentally touching someone's some stuff and you didn't know it was like their stuff like ah. i remember in i still think about this all the time but it was like me and Jordan Foisey did this show. Hi, Jordan Foisey. Jordan Foisey, um, go back and listen to his episode together. of this podcast. And it was, it's called, I don't know, have you ever done Bump? No. It was like a show and it was at Tom Hobson's house. And they have like a be- fridge with like beer in it. Mm. And like the beer is for everyone. But I accidentally took one of Jordan's beers. Oh, okay. And I didn't know. And then he was like, Brandy, you drank my beer. And I felt so, I oh. still think about it all the time. <laughs> I still think about it all the time. I have a, a few of those like embarrassing moments that were years ago that you just go back to every once in a while and get a little shudder from. Yeah. I remember oh, this would have been years ago, uh, this show that I used to host, uh, Truth or Dare comedy, where I don't know why I only do like weird format shows where Truth I make people dare. do weird stuff, but... It was the show where uh, all of the comedians have to do either a truth or a dare before yeah. they're set. And we would do, like, three stand-ups and then, like, an improv or sketch. Um, And then at the end of the show, me and my co-host, Jessica Perkins, Jessica Perkins, (laughs) if you're listening, um, would do, like, a big truth and and dare uh, thing at the end. And it was just just something that was, like, purposefully embarrassing. And uh, this was very early into me performing, very early into me hosting anything. It was, like, this show was the only thing that I had hosted at all and uh, yeah. like for people who don't do comedy like hosting a show is very stressful it is very stressful it's very stressful it's very stressful it's very especially different. when it's not your show yeah it's very different than just going up and doing a set uh-huh. there's uh it triggers so many anxiety things yeah. in me uh-huh. that i found even hosting this show which was my show uh-huh. and everything like was very stressful uh-huh. and it, for that one i had a co-host Right. Like I had Jessica and it was still very stressful. And I think we'd only been doing the show like maybe just a couple of months. And uh, there was one month where she wasn't going to be able to be at the show. Uh-huh. So it was just going to be me hosting on my own. And this was the first time I had ever hosted a show on my own. And I was absolutely terrified. I was like so incredibly anxious throughout the entirety of the show. Um, I like get through bringing the stand ups up. Um, and then, uh, the last stand-up act goes up and then I go up, I do the like big truth or dare thing that we're supposed to do at the end. And then I'm like, all right guys, like that's our show. Like, thanks so much for coming out. And I hear this voice from the back go, we'd like to perform now. 
Uh, and it was the improv act, which I had completely forgot to bring on stage. <laughs> I had just been like, hey, that's the end of our show. And these, <laughs> these <laughs> like, oh, my God. It, like, I was absolutely humiliated. Um, <laughs> oh, my God. So what happened? Did they go on stage? So, yeah. So I had to be like, oh, like, who? I'm sorry. I just lied to you just now. That's not the end of our show. Here's another act. Encore. <laughs> to bring them up. And I, I swear to God, I think about this like once a week. Um, <laughs> this, this time that I almost did not bring them on stage. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah, that's one. That's so funny. I go back to that all the time. That's so funny. Oh my god. Oh, just forgetting an act completely. Just completely forgetting an act. Forgetting. And like, uh, so Jessica is like in the improv and sketch world and uh like i am not who is it again jessica perkins oh jessica perkins um so yeah she would be the one who would book the improv and the sketch acts and usually they were people who like uh were very established in that world but who i didn't know personally so it was usually people i was meeting for the first time at when they're on the show uh so i hadn't met these these acts before uh this was their very first impression of me as a person uh, was me forgetting to bring them have, on stage. I have another one. I have another one I just thought of. <laughs> yeah, go ahead. So it was like last year I burnt myself very badly. And it was like on like my inner thigh. Mm-hmm. So I had to wear this like weird wet dressing bandage. And I had to cover it. Mm-hmm. But so when I was like wearing it, um, I noticed that it started like leaking. So it looked like I was like peeing myself. Oh, no. And then I noticed it right as I was about to go on stage. No. And usually you could just like cover it up with like a long jacket, but I wasn't wearing like a long jacket. So I was like, oh, fuck. So then it just like looked like on stage that I was like peeing myself. And I felt mm-hmm. so embarrassed about that. That's like something I was like embarrassed about. And I remember my set being like so like bad <laughs> and being like nobody like. And I was just like, it's not pee. It's like I have a burn. And yeah. And do, I, so you did mention I it? mentioned it. I was like, it's not pee. OK. Like, <laughs> but I still felt like so embarrassed about that. I remember just like all of the comedians left and we're just like outside after because like I think they didn't want to say and I was like oh, okay yeah oh man I've been like fortunate that other than like just shows going badly I have had few terrible on stage embarrassing moments uh-huh. um but I feel like most of my life off stage is just a endless sequence of an endless sequence of things like, that would oh, be horribly happening? embarrassing to other people yeah like two days ago, I <laughs> I went to Niagara Falls last week, uh-huh. and um, I'm in this souvenir shop, at one of those like big giant souvenir shops in Niagara Falls, with like all this kitschy crap that mm-hmm. says Niagara Falls on it, and uh, a catchy song came on on the radio inside of the store, and I started doing this like really dorky like lots of shoulders like yeah. dance and like walking backwards. Uh, doing this weird, sho- embarrassing shoulder <laughs> dance, which uh, the fact that I was doing this weird, embarrassing dance in this place in the first place was embarrassing enough. Um, but then I, I backed into a display of ceramic mugs. <laughs> oh my gosh! Oh my gosh! <laughs> like, fully just danced backwards and like <laughs> into this display of ceramic mugs, and they all shook and. Some by some miracle, none of them fell, but all of them shook, and it made this very loud, like ceramic sound. Oh my gosh! And everyone in the store turned to look, look at me. I remember when I worked at No Frills when I was like a teenager, and there was like this person, and they had like this pack of um pops, mm-hmm. and I still laugh at this. And whatever, I, I don't know what I was doing, but somehow the box just collapsed and all of the pops fell onto the counter. Mm-hmm. And then one just like, like, like you know, when like they, they fall and then they just start spraying. Yeah. And, they and it just spin started in a, spraying spin in a everybody. <laughs> and I wasn't embarrassed that I started praying. And then I started laughing so hard. Mm-hmm. And people were just like, it's not funny. It's not funny. And I was like, I'm not laughing. I'm, I'm crying. I'm like, I'm so upset. It was just like such a disaster. <laughs> I think I think that's it when like if it's if it's a big enough disaster yeah. that it would be something that you would laugh at. Yeah. If just it... like can <laughs> of Coke spraying old ladies. Yeah. Like... Knocking into a giant yeah. display of ceramic mugs. Yeah. I'm People like, just running around. Away. It's funny. 
<laughs> you just gotta let it roll off your back. You just gotta let it roll off yeah. your back. But I feel that though about th- specifically things that affect other people. Yeah. Or um, uh, things that would affect other people's perception of you, perhaps. Yes. In I a feel personal like that sense. When I walk my boyfriend's dog sometimes, because she is, um, she doesn't like other dogs. Mm-hmm. And sometimes we'll go to, like, Marshalls. Like, I remember we were at Marshalls one time, and um, there was another dog, and I didn't see it, but it was far away. And she started barking so loudly, and all these people in the line just, like, ran away. And I was just like, now everyone thinks I'm, like, this horrible dog owner. But I'm like, this is not my dog. (laughs) Oh, boy. Yeah. uh, I think I've gotten better at the embarrassment thing over time. Yeah. As as I've gotten less uh, fragile in my, like, needing other people to hold me in some kind yeah. of particular view yeah. or esteem. I feel like as I work on that, the embarrassment thing goes down. Yeah. I remember, uh, I may have mentioned this on the podcast before, but there's this, when I think about embarrassment, this is the moment that sticks out in my head is in grade four, I believe it was. Um, uh, we got a new student at school and uh, she was on the, on the swing set and she fell off of the swing very small thing uh-huh. very very small thing but at the time uh i looked and i was like oh no like how embarrassing for her that she fell off of the swing and she start she fell off the swing she starts laughing and then everybody else is just like haha and then moves on and i was like oh my god <laughs> i was like floored by this i was like this is the key. I was How like, did she do this? It's no, she yeah, do this? this is like a magic thing that I'm witnessing right now. If you just laugh, then it's not embarrassing. So you take away the power. You take away the power. Uh-huh. I Whereas rem- I would have, I, at the time, I, if I had fallen off of the swing, I would have been like, oh no. And then that would, that would have made it embarrassing. I'm just thinking of embarrassing things I did in, I remember there was this one time we were in art class in grade seven or eight. And the teach they, the teacher's like, I'll turn on music, but nobody's allowed to touch the volume. Okay. And then I was like, okay. And then I like left and I came back. And these kids were just like, Peter, Ulette, and Eric Van Zumeren. I'm calling you out. <laughs> um, we're just like, oh, the teacher said that we could touch the sound. You should turn it up. Just turn it up. And I was just like innocent. I was like, oh, okay. Mm-hmm. And then I try, I turned it up. And the teacher was like, what the fuck? Like, started getting so mad. And I tried to turn it down, and I just ended up turning it up louder. Oh, no. And then everyone started laughing at me, and then I was just like... And she's like, I told you guys not to touch it. Why would you do that, Brandon? And I was just like, oh. And then Peter and Eric were just, like, laughing, and I was just like... Ugh. I still think about that. Classic I still also Peter don't like Eric. them for that. <laughs> do you I still, still know don't them? like them. I'm still mad. <laughs> they tried to add me on Facebook. I was like... Denied. You're not. I don't know you. <laughs> Yeah, I have that too. People that I'm still mad at yeah. for things from I'm so, so, so long that. ago. I'm uh, so like, mad about that. Like, <laughs> I know it's a small, yeah, it's a small and petty thing, but there are people that I will never forgive yeah. <laughs> from like elementary school. Yeah. yeah. I think the most n- nerve wracking thing for elementary school was like, I remember for me, it was like when people would like ask each other out and I'd be like, that is, that is too much. That is too much. Like, I remember my friend wrote a note as me to this girl mm-hmm. asking her out. And then people were like, Brandon asked up Victoria. And I was like, I didn't do it. And they're like, you just because you got rejected. And I was just like, like I no. don't know. <laughs> I remember I would just like, I like hid in the morning. I was just like, I'm mm. so embarrassed that people thought that this happened. But I did I... horribly embarrassing romantic gestures as a kid. Like what? Like, I would like, if I had a crush on somebody, I, okay, <laughs> I once... In what when would this have been? Grade three or four, wrote like an anonymous love letter to someone I had a crush on. It was I wish that I had a copy of this letter uh-huh. so badly because I know it was very extra. Um, I love you so much. It would have been quite a lot, um, and I uh, I think I left it in his desk. Um, like went in when the in into the classroom and like nobody was in there and like let hit it in his desk, um, and everybody knew it was me a hundred percent like uh, immediately. Uh, prob- Why did they know it was you? Uh, what I'm imagining is like I think that I thought that I was a lot more uh, subtle um, than I actually was in reality. 
Like, <laughs> I'm, I'm just imagining you writing the letter. <laughs> like, on, like full, a specific piece of paper, like a fancy piece of paper. Uh, yeah, like with burnt edges yeah. and, and everything, yeah. like an old treasure map. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I think I just had like absolutely no ability to hide when I was interested in somebody. I still don't. I still don't. There's a, there's a picture of me looking at my current partner. I know you showed me. Yeah, that I showed you. Yeah. But <laughs> where, like, where I'm just like mouth open, like, ha, like, so clearly so <laughs> into this person before I made any kind of move at all. Yeah. Um, and that's me now at 30. Uh-huh. So I can imagine me at, at like eight. At eight. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I professed my undying love um, uh-huh. to this person in grade four and uh, they, they did not reciprocate. Well, they didn't reciprocate. No. I wonder where they are now. I know where he is now. I actually saw him like a few months ago. Where is he? He's doing doing? great. (laughs) He's doing great. We didn't discuss the love letter. Um, But yeah, he's uh, he's doing just fine. (laughs) Like that kind of like vulnerability and like having to face that person every day. Mm -hmm. That's too much for me. Oh, man. I like I found a a diary from near that time. Uh Um, And... I don't know. I don't know where I was like getting any of this. It was like, I, 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 w- oh, I wish that I had it with me now and I would read you a passage, uh-huh. but it was like, it was like some kind of weird soap opera, Harlequin romance style writing in here. Like, um, oh, like, oh, my, my heart skips a beat. Whenever we share a glance, like, <laughs> like, just like, that. like, I'm not exaggerating. Uh-huh. It was, it was a lot. Um, so I imagine that this letter that I, that I shared was something like that. I gotta find some of that, my stuff like that. I don't even know where it would be. I, yeah, I was, <laughs> I only discovered this journal, uh, maybe like around Christmas time. I want to find one. It's, you, <laughs> I had a very, I think that I thought uh, in my memories that I was a lot more chill and relaxed, perhaps, yeah. than I actually was. I was a very intense child. Very, very big feelings. I, think I remember <laughs> if I found something. I didn't understand how emails worked and instant messaging worked. Mm-hmm. And I remember being, I wrote something and it was like about like how my, I, it's because my I can't do, go on instant messenger because... My parents won't let me have an email address. But mm-hmm. th- what was actually happening was I wasn't doing the registration properly mm-hmm. for the email. So I couldn't get an email because, but I thought it was like some system where they like call your parents. Like, can they have an email? Oh, you thought like they needed yeah, approval I thought, like, they, from they, your they parents like, and that they involved. had denied you? Yeah. But it was just that you were filling yeah. out this form wrong? Yeah. Oh, boy. I remember uh, talking about embarrassing moments. And professing undying love um, to people who are not interested. Uh-huh. I uh, this would have been before I f- I didn't really understand the internet very well. Like we got a computer really late in my house, so I think at this point I didn't even have a computer at home. Me too. I got a computer in two thousand and five. Yeah, it was like it was late. It was uh-huh. way after everybody else, and uh, so me and a friend of mine um, who had had a computer for a really long time, and like she was very savvy on it. Uh, I had been, I had been in a, uh, serious relationship, a serious 28 day long relationship in grade seven, um, with a guy named Mike. (laughs) And, and and I think I'd been like really weird in this relationship. Like, I think I, I didn't understand. This was my first like grade school boyfriend. And I think, uh, I didn't really understand what I was supposed to do as his girlfriend. Like, cause it's not different during that age right like you don't even hang out outside of school it's and uh-huh. you don't even like hold hands or anything like yeah nothing is different you just don't yeah nothing is different um so i was like calling his house every day after school to talk to him which i think was weird um and i remember him being like you have to stop calling <laughs> my parents don't like this and i was like too bad. I'm your girlfriend. <laughs> I'm your girlfriend. I'm your girlfriend. I'm calling. I'm going to call you every day. And um, <laughs> uh, he he broke up with me. Tragic. Where did he live? 
in Markham, where I'm from. Okay. Yeah. So did he? Did you go to school with him? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So we were also at school together all day, and then I would call him to talk about nothing. What do you talk about? Oh my god. Yeah. No, it was a lot. Um, I acknowledge. What would you guys talk about on the phone? uh, Who even knows? Um, I, (laughs) I, I acknowledge that this was. Oh my god. That it was a bit much. I Um, remember. But it gets uh, worse. Because again, I had internet late. And I didn't know that email and instant messenger were two different things. Yeah. So I thought they were the same thing. So I'd be like sending my friends. I remember the first time I got it, I'd be like, I got MSN now. Because I thought MSN was like the, just like mm-hmm. the hotmail. So you were just and sending your friends emails? Emails. And be like, isn't MSN so fun? And they're just like, you know, there's like an actual like. Yeah, like an instant. Yeah. And I thought messenger. that's, but I thought email was that. So I thought, um, okay, so. Mike breaks up with me. Tragic. Um, And I was devastated. I remember being devastated that it was two days before our one month anniversary. And I was like, that's rude. (laughs) (laughs) Your one month anniversary. (laughs) So rude. Two days before this one month anniversary. And um, my my friend was like, like, oh, we should like post something about this on the internet because this is devastating and i was like yes let's do it and i think i thought we were posting like to some website and i was posting this thing of like oh like can you even believe this it broke up with me two days before our one month anniversary but what she was actually doing was sending like a an email to everyone we knew i don't even <laughs> so <laughs> what is happened cr- matt is cringing so hard so what happened this story. so i thought this was like just out into the ether like into the internet and it, it was just a, I was just venting. Just a random, yeah, anonymous, just thing. anonymous, just venting into the internet. But what I was actually doing was sending an email to like everyone in our grade, being like, "Can you even believe?" This sounds like an episode of Degrassi. This is happening. I'm like, I can't believe I'm, I can't believe I'm sharing this um, oh with the world right now. Um, but yeah, the. <laughs> Thank God I didn't have the internet until like. When I had Can it. Can you imagine I, having the internet as done. a child now? Who knows what I would have done? Right? Yeah. This is what I was doing. And this was like 12 years old. I can't imagine being like nine years old with the access to the internet. Uh-huh. Oh, boy. Oh, children right now. I feel for you. Yeah. We're praying for you, honestly. Well, um, we've been talking about embarrassing moments for quite a long yeah. time. Should we go back to anxiety and overwhelm? Yeah, we should. Well, this, they're all related. <laughs> they are. They are related. So to go back to your assignment of uh, slowing down instead of speeding uh-huh. up, this is advice that I was first given when I was training as a server uh-huh. uh, in a restaurant where like my trainer was like, when you're really overwhelmed and like you have way too many tables and you've got all of these things to do and you're running around like a crazy person, in, you're going to think that what you need to do is go faster and what you actually need to do is go slower. Um, which sounds so counterintuitive, but yeah. you're if you speed up, that's when you're going to start making mistakes. Yeah. The way to actually solve the problem is to slow down, um, and then you'll be able to get through it better. Uh-huh. And uh, it was great advice for serving, uh, but then I've like taken that and applied that to my life in general, How's and the- it is so effective. Ugh, I gotta try that more. Like I stress myself out so much with comedy stuff mm-hmm. all the time, and I'm like, I haven't produced enough new material. I'm like, I must push myself. And it's like, I'm working so hard, but not getting anything done because yeah. I've just not, I've, I haven't slowed down. Yeah. Because what you actually need to do is like take a step back yeah. and go at a slower pace uh-huh. instead of trying to like rush forward all of the time. Uh, Even with like literally just being on stage, like I'm a, a pretty fast talker yeah. in general. Um, but when I'm nervous, I'll, I'll talk even faster. Yeah. Uh, so if I'm on stage and I'm feeling nervous or I'm feeling like it's not going well, my instinct is to, to, go to go faster. That's what I've heard. That's what I've heard. Like, what's his name? Sebastian Mana. Maniscalco? Yes. Yeah, someone was talking about him performing and how, like, when he, like, gets on stage, like, it's just a minute of him just, like, setting everything up. Like, not mm-hmm. even like, doing stand-up. Just, like, setting up the microphone and, like. It's like a power thing. And it's just, like, yeah, he's just, like, taking time. Yeah. And to... you come off more confident yeah. the slower you're going. <laughs> yeah. Whereas, like, people can feel the nerves off of you when you're when you're like, ha, 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 ha. Yeah. And uh, so I've, what I've been trying to do lately is when I feel that happening to me on stage, be like, take more time. Like, time? Slow down. It does work. I stopped doing stand-up for, like, three years. 
And I was like, I need time for myself. And it was like the best thing that ever happened to me. Because mm-hmm. when I came back, I was just like. You're refreshed. I'm refreshed. Yeah. I'm focused. It's but, important to take yeah. a break. Yeah, sometimes like maybe I should take like a month off of doing stuff. But I've done that before. How I, was how was it? It was great. Yeah, uh, mm-hmm. it was like um, I guess almost two years ago now. I took three months uh, of not doing shows, and it helped so much. Maybe I need to do that. Like, uh, yeah, I felt I feel like if I had tried to just push through and keep going uh-huh. for those three months i i would be in a very different place in my relationship out. with comedy yeah. it happened to me after like i was very burnt out after when i did just for laughs and i had to take like two weeks off mm-hmm. and then that helped like a lot but even then i should have taken longer because i was still like felt exhausted yeah uh-huh. well I, I don't know it's like that with anything that is like really um requires a lot of your mental energy uh-huh. and focus or a lot of um, you putting yourself out there, emotional energy, yeah. vulnerability, uh-huh. and stuff like, especially with something like stand up, where you are so vulnerable. You're so vulnerable. Like even if you're, even if your material isn't uh-huh. especially vulnerable, yeah. just the position that you're in uh-huh. is so vulnerable. And when, like, I, when I took that three month break, it was because I was just like in a fragile place, like emotionally, and I yeah. was like, I don't think I can stand to like face potential rejection from a room full of people uh-huh. every night <laughs> you know i th- i find that like as i've gotten i don't know like what is i don't know as like i've been like more i don't know the word i guess the word acclaimed or whatever mm-hmm. um i kind of feel describe you as acclaimed i don't know what the word is <laughs> like i don't know as like i don't know as i've the toronto comedy scene whatever mm-hmm. um like before i didn't care as much about what people thought about me and it was because I felt like nobody really, like, was, like, watching me. Mm-hmm. But now I feel like everyone is watching me or, like, and I'm just, like, I feel like I have to, like, live up to this unrealistic expectation of myself that it really just in my mind. Mm-hmm. But, like. I completely understand yeah. that. It's, like, it's easy to feel confident when you feel like no one's watching. Yeah. Um, and but then now once when you feel like their eyes on you. Like, yeah. I'm just, like, I don't know. Mm-hmm. But the difficult thing is to remind yourself that, like, the reason why people have started watching at all is because of who you were when yeah. you were acting like I no one was watching. It's just like, cause sometimes I've heard things where it's just like, everyone loves this one person. And then some people are just like, they're not that good or something like that. Mm-hmm. And I'm just like, Oh my God, maybe that's me. But, but also like people just love to hate on things. People love to hate. It's true. People love to hate. People love to hate. And it is nothing to do with you and uh-huh. everything to do with them. It's like the end of mean girls. Remember the end of mean girls? <laughs> when she wins the um math competition yeah the math leads. and then she was just like was talking about the girl she was just like um making fun of her looks doesn't make me any smarter mm-hmm. it's like that yeah exactly yeah. like that uh-huh. yeah when she's looking across at the at the girl from the yeah. other team and she's like oh her snaggle tooth her and her gross ponytail yeah. and stuff and she's yeah. like wait a minute like none of this, this makes me any better at math yeah yeah exactly uh-huh. so that's there's a mantra for you yeah None of this makes me any better at math. None of this makes me any better at math. Right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. That's a good reminder for you to not hate on other people. But also, when other people are hating, you can just be like... I don't think people are hating. But you can be like, none of this is making them any better at math. Uh (laughs) But yeah, most of the time, it is just in your head. Like, um, yeah, it's funny how even if you don't have somebody who's actively putting you down or rooting against you, you kind of... um, create an imaginary person to do that for you i don't even create it's just like i'll have these like very vivid dreams of all of my friends being like so mean to me oh no (laughs) and it's just like my subconscious anxiety dreams i have anxiety dreams all the time yeah yeah my anxiety will come out in my dreams constantly uh i had an anxiety dream a couple nights ago where uh i had to plan a wedding for someone just that, someone random. Just someone random. Just uh, somebody came up to me and, and was like, so you have to plan this wedding and it's in two days. And I remember this was a great source of anxiety for me in this dream. And that my first reaction in the dream was like, where do I rent a fog machine? <laughs> Which, uh, when was the last time you saw a fog machine? <laughs> Anytime I've done a show with Rodrigo. <laughs> yeah, there's always going to be a he fog He always got there. a fog machine. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Anxiety. Anxiety comes up in my dreams 
Yeah. I've got a lot of time. shelves with fog machines. Really? Yeah. Okay, well then maybe I wasn't so far off. Yeah. There was this we, I did this festival instead of giving us the light. They when gave you a our fog? time was just they, a, they, they just, just had like a instead fog. Instead of having a light at the back of the room when your time is almost up just everything yeah, fills that's with Yeah. literally mist. just like a giant blast of fog. <laughs> And I was just like, what? Okay. Really funny. Uh-huh. Oh, my God. And it was funny because all of us were just like, the show wasn't good. So all of us were just like bombing. And then when that happened, I was just like, my that was my soul leaving. Oh. I've died. Yep. And this is my ghost. Yeah. Just uh-huh. this mist. Yeah. I'm like, bye. I What? I, I'm sorry. I'm still processing the idea of being told that your time is almost up by a burst of fog. Yeah. It was at the Rupert Festival of 2019. Uh, I'm sorry. <laughs> it was at the the rhubarb festival. You know the rhubarb festival. The rhubarb festival gave you the light by giving you, you know a burst of fog. Is? No. Okay, so it sounds very wholesome. It does. And sound like a wholesome. nice like jam, and we're making things with rhubarb. But it's just like queer like arts festival that happens at Buddies and Bad Times. Every okay. Year. Yeah. Okay. When I saw the rhubarb festival, I was like, "Oh, this is so fun." Where's the? And then it was not that. It was not. It's very like artsy. Like, I was picturing you like out in like some kind of farmer's market during I the wish, daytime. I wish that would be so much better. Doing, doing stand up <laughs> next to like a, a booth that sells like corn. Uh, and then it's like <laughs> just a burst of fog. <laughs> that would be amazing. <laughs> Rhubarb Festival. Oh man. Okay. Well, to go back to anxiety and stuff. Yeah. So, uh, you are a person who conceals your anxiety very effectively. I guess so, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, which, frequently when people find out that I am an anxious person as well, they'll, they'll also be surprised, which um, I find shocking because uh-huh. I think that I am wearing it all over my uh-huh. face and my general being. I think people who times. don't know me super well, like, like, I don't know, Hodo and like Natalie know that I'm very like anxious. But I feel like a lot of other people don't know because mm-hmm. they don't, like, see me that often or, like, talk to me that often. So they just see, like, me on stage, who is very different than me off stage. Mm-hmm. And there's like, this person's very confident. He's very chill. And I'm just like, nope. Mm-hmm. I'm very good at pretending. Yeah, that's the thing. Uh, I'm an actress. Yeah. yeah. You get very good at um, at the concealing of yeah. it. Uh-huh. I understand that. Um, but, yeah, you, you don't come off as, as an anxious person at all. You come off very confident. The most anxious person. Yeah. I think um, to go back to like doing things slowly uh, and having it be like a power move uh, on stage. Yeah. To like Sebastian Maniscalco coming up and like yeah. setting up his water bottle and stuff and like yeah. taking a long time before he even talks to you. Um, that it's sort of like that with you. That's the impression that I get of you just That's like in sometimes. the world. sometimes. Sometimes I am like that and I'm able to like channel the the anxiety into this confidence mm-hmm. that I only have on stage. And then other times it's just like, oh, I don't know what to do. I try like to rem- tap dancing. I try to remind myself that anxiety is just a reminder that you care. Yeah, it is just a reminder that you care. Yeah. And that like everything about you is trying to serve you uh-huh. in some way. Yeah. And so anxiety is just a part of that. I took, how I started doing stand-up again was I took this class a second city called improv for anxiety mm-hmm. and it was just to like kind of like figure it out like and that was like what like helped me be comfortable enough to like do stand up again that's just like going into that class thanks second city thank you second city for bringing brandon back thanks cam algae that was my <laughs> teacher yeah so uh, how do you feel how do i feel now yeah I feel a lot better than I did before. Yeah? Yeah. That's good. I have to host the show tonight, and I, I we have to find a tech person, but I'm just like, oh, yeah. Yeah, you're just whatever. like, it'll be fine. Yeah, it'll be fine. Yeah, you're super zen now. I can do it. Yeah. If anything. You're going to take your time. Uh-huh. You're going to s- slow down instead uh-huh. of speeding up. Yeah, I got to miss slow down. I, I've wanted to like slow down, and then I'm like, oh, I have to showcase soon, and mm-hmm. I'm like, I have to speed up, and I'm just like like no just take a breath yeah because the time that i did like things happened for me was when i was just like who cares that's what i hear all the time from everybody that anything ever happens to when i was just like who cares i don't care is that Mm. it's the releasing yeah 
I was just like that actually brings yeah. things to you. Oprah has a very good story about that. Yeah. Like the thing that launched Oprah was people don't know that Oprah wasn't like anybody before the color purple. Mm-hmm. And like even on the original like VHS tape, she was not listed in, in like, on the, the on it. Like yeah. her or Whoopi Goldberg. Um and she was auditioning for this role of Sophia, who was like um one of the leads in it. And she was like, she kept calling the casting director every day and was like, did I get it? Did I get it? Did I get it? And they were like, we have real actresses, like, not like people like you. Mm -hmm. And then she just like completely gave up and she was just like, okay, whatever. And then in that moment when she gave up, she got like a phone call and they're like, you got the role. And then she was just like, oh shit. And now she's Oprah. And now she's Oprah. So yeah. And I, I just sat next to her wax figurine. Oh, I thought you said you sat next to her. (laughs) It looked nothing like her, the wax figurine, by the way. Those things look scared. Those things terrifying. They are. They're terrifying. Um, We end by me giving the guest a genuine compliment. Okay, give me a compliment. How are you with compliments generally? Uh, Not good. No? (laughs) Sometimes I'm good. (laughs) I do what RuPaul says where he's just like, you just say thank you. Yes. Yeah. Yes. That's the key. Yeah. Yeah. Is it you just, instead of deflecting, uh-huh. you just have to absorb. Yeah. yeah. And just say thank you. Uh-huh. Um, I think you are hilarious. I think you're very funny. Um, as I've said earlier in this episode, I have never seen you do poorly. Um, I'm sure it happens because it does to all of us. Uh-huh. Um, but every audience that I've seen you go in front of is like immediately in love with you. Thank like, you. Like right away. Um, and even like uh, I feel like I've seen you on so many shows where like the show up to that point wasn't going great uh-huh. like not that the acts weren't good or things like that but like the audience wasn't super hot uh-huh. uh, and it was just kind of like everybody's getting this sort of tepid uh-huh. response and then you go on stage and it just completely turns around uh-huh. and and I'm like is this the same audience that was here for the rest of this show you just have this very infectious uh, energy. And I think it is that, like, you do just, like, exude this confidence. And, like, you just seem so comfortable and at home yeah. on stage that I feel like the audience can feels like they can relax uh-huh. because they trust you. Oh. That they're like, we are in capable hands. Oh, thank you so much. You're I'm welcome. actually, like, absorbing this compliment for Good. Once. Please do. Yeah. Thank you so much for being on this thank podcast you for today. Me. Oh, all right. Listeners, go be nice to yourself and love remember yourself. that love is everywhere. Love is everywhere. Everywhere. <laughs> <laughs>